You brought up a really good point, Amy, with when we have more time. And that is such a slippery slope, like just thinking about when we have more time, because something else is always going to come up. Like there's always something else that's tugging at our to-do list, tugging at our calendar, and knowing that there's always going to be more work to do, more cleaning, there's going to be a kid who needs you, but there's something about being with friends that just makes you feel so much like yourself. Like there's very, very few opportunities right now where you feel that connected and that connected to who you are as a person than when you're sitting there and being with your friends, running latte, library, tacos, margaritas, whatever it may be. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. We are diving into one of our most requested topics today, and that is friendship. We're excited to open this conversation up and see where it goes. Recently, I was listening to an episode of Mom Brain that featured author Lydia Densworth. I loved the message she shared. One thing that people, including myself, have a hard time admitting is that friendships will change over the course of your lifetime. You might have thought that someone was going to be a lifelong friend and it didn't work out that way. Like I know that's happened to me. So you're not alone in that experience. But the first and maybe most important takeaway that I wanted to get across is that we need good friendships in our life. It is important and vital to our mental health. So let's start by defining it. Lydia Densworth states that the minimum requirement for friendship is threefold. It is long lasting, someone that is stable and a reliable presence. It is a positive relationship, which is a critical piece. It's cooperative and there is reciprocity. There's give and take. As I listened to Lydia's book, which followed up the podcast episode, I learned that the 30s, the decade that a lot of us are in, are scientifically a decade in which it is really hard to maintain friendships. The possible demands um, for those of us that have young families, work life, love, it all takes away the time that we have for friendship. Is this something that you've experienced in your life? Well, I think that her exact words were 30s are where friendships go to die, yeah. which really is not it's not an overstatement. Like I know, like you said, Amy, a lot of our listener demographic, you and I both are in this category. So no wonder so many of us are struggling. And when I think about this, I think about all the changes that happen when we're in our 30s. So it's a time in life where people are making big changes big changes all across the board. Maybe work takes you to a different state or you're focused on promotion. You might be working longer hours or your spouse is working longer hours, which puts more pressure on you. And for me specifically, since I travel so much for work under normal conditions, packing another bag and staying in a 
different bed on a weekend is not something I want to sign up for. Like it's just one of those things that I kind of want to be home once in a while and not going to see friends if they're friends who live far away. And depending on where in the country you live, weddings are also starting to end. And I bring this up because just this year, I think we were invited to seven weddings this year, which is terrible timing because we're not going to all seven of these weddings with coronavirus. But it's been years, Amy, since we've seen a lot of these friends. It's been years. But having a wedding is like the easiest time where you can get together, whole group of friends, usually friends who are all part of the same type of friend group, and there's a whole reason to get together. But when weddings end, all of a sudden you don't have that excuse. Well, yeah, it's like a, it's kind of like a high school reunion. I've never been to one, but because <laughs> we're going to weddings, we don't need to. Now in our forties, we're going to need to reuniting with all of these people that were significant in your life. Um, and so, yeah, it was like a really easy way to have reunions. <sighs> yeah, there was. I don't know, four years. Colin's two years younger than me. So I think that we went through like all of my friends getting married and then directly after went through all of his friends getting married. And it was just like wedding after wedding after wedding. And we never felt more connected. Our bank account was also a lot lower than it had ever been in a really long time, just with hotels and gifts and travel. But we felt really, really connected. But after weddings, sometimes come babies. And when we think about the baby shower, getting to meet the baby for the first time, yes, friends get together for that. But then what? Like having toddlers is logistically hard. It's hard to plan trips. It's hard to get together. And this is especially hard for women um, because of the bond that we have to our children. Regardless if you're breastfeeding or not, just the mom guilt is there. The list goes on. Like there's so many things that just really – make it difficult as a mom in these years. And one thing I found in researching and getting ready for this podcast episode is that there is science behind time. So one of the points I wanted to make is when we're all in college or when, if you decided to go to college, we, you could make friends really fast because you had enough time to spend with them. Um, Whereas now in your 30s, say you move to a new city or something like that, a University of Kansas researcher found that it takes at least 90 hours to be a good friend, like to consider someone a good friend. They know you well enough at that point. It takes 150 hours before you could consider someone a best friend. That's a lot of time. Yeah, that's a lot of time because if you're thinking of it when you're a mom and you're trying to make a new friend, it's really in these like tiny pockets of, you know, maybe a dinner, two hour dinner here, and then you might not see them for another month. Like it's, it's really hard to form that like solid bond of friendship. And that's a reason that the 30s, it tends to struggle. And when you say that, Amy, I think about like a, a play date, like your Friday play dates that you have. Those last, what, two hours? So that's going to literally take 75 days in order to make that a breast friendship. That's a year, over a year of play dates in order to make that person a best friend. And that's not skipping any days. Like that is hard. Well, it's really interesting too, because I'm like, all right, did they account though for the fact that I don't do small talk? So I just like dive right <laughs> in and ask them like all the questions, <laughs> like nothing's off limits. So is that, am I still in that category or do I take 25 hours? Like I'm just not certain. Efficiency, right? Yeah, yeah. Efficiency. But I would be the first to admit that when my family life 
and business life get really hectic and busy, friendship is something that I tend to tuck away in a box. It's something that I will enjoy again someday when I have more time. Like, thankfully, I have gotten better at this, but I love to share that, you know, when Abby and I are talking about some of these topics, it's not because we're the expert or that we're all the way down the road. It's I'm still in this. Like, friendships tend to kind of go to the bottom rung of my huge, big priorities. And what the podcast in the book by Lydia Dunsworth taught me is that really you can't look at them like that. Like there's got to be some prioritization, even when you're really, really busy. So the second takeaway for today is that you have to figure out how it fits into your current season. So for me, I think about how I can fit in time with my friends. That makes a lot of sense for that day and for what we like to do. So my nursing friends, I used to see them all the time at work. And so it was kind of built in and easy to keep up with them. Now that I'm not there anymore, I will meet Rachel for a latte and a walk or I'll meet Carrie. We like to run this loop at Pheasant Branch. Um, And so it's a way that I can see them and we're doing something that we really enjoy to do together. And I almost feel bad calling it like multitasking, but it's something that really serves both of us um, that we enjoy to do together. So I've just found that, hey, I can um, see my friend and we can also exercise at the same time. And that's just like a really good use of my time right now. And you'd already be putting in that hour for exercise. So it's not multitasking when you're, well, it is, but it's in a good way. Again, the efficiency part of that right there, because you know that you'd already need to have an hour of exercise in. You'd already be doing it. Why not do it with somebody else who is also enjoying it at the same time? It goes so much faster. Completely, (laughs) completely. You brought up a really good point, Amy, with when we have more time And that is such a slippery slope, like just thinking about when we have more time, because something else is always going to come up. Like there's always something else that's tugging at our to-do list, tugging at our calendar and knowing that there's always going to be more work to do, more cleaning. There's going to be a kid who needs you, but there's something about being with friends that just makes you feel so much like yourself. Like there's very, very few opportunities right now where you feel that connected and that connected to who you are as a person than when you're sitting there and being with your friends, running latte, library, tacos, margaritas, whatever it may be. It just, it feels amazing. And when you say that, I think in my head, I'm like a really good point in this part of the conversation is don't always um, make it like family get togethers. Mm -hmm. So you and I do that. Mm -hmm. Like we'll have Mm -hmm. our husbands and our kids all together. I just don't think women usually get the time to connect as well when there's so many people to take care of and think about. So, um, just like when we talk about in the self-care episode, it's like, it shouldn't have to be that you are always including the whole family in your friendship time. And isn't it amazing that when we have that one-on-one time, just how much better we feel. 
Like, why don't we do this more? I always leave saying, why don't I do this more? Right. Same. I totally do the same. And I know that you and I navigate friendships a lot differently. We have very different personalities and viewpoints, and that's the reason we wanted to do the podcast together. So illuminating these differences is helpful to the conversation in this context. I've always been a woman that um, would rather have like four of the truest, deepest, like know me to my bone marrow friends. Um than like multitudes of friends that I've just scratched the surface with. My best friends really know me to my core. I'm not hiding anything from them. Like they know me so well. Let's call those my inner circle. Once we take a step back from that, there is a group of friends that I also love. I just know I don't have the capacity to support them, nor can they support me in such an intimate way that I treat that like inner circle with. But um, like you were at my birthday party, like there's this wonderful group of people that I'm absolutely cheering for and loving and supporting. Uh, it is just they don't know like every in and out of me, my personality, what I'm going through. Um, so that's kind of how I handle it. I know that Abby has a gift of making people feel really special and really important. It, and it is a true gift. So let's just say you have accumulated a lot of <laughs> friends. There's so many differences between Amy and I and how we do friendship is also different. Yet we can be friends with each other because right. which is a cool part about this. But it's not to brag whatsoever. Like these next talking points aren't to brag because they do come with their own set of struggles as well. But 27 Dresses was based <laughs> loosely on Abby's life. I have been in 13 <laughs> weddings, I think. I've been a, a maid of honor, I think, in three or four weddings. Um, and I did not have 13 bridesmaids. So put it put it that way. But I just make sure I make sure that friendships fit into my life. Like it's something that is really, truly at my core. I make sure it fit, fits into my life. However, that many times means stretching myself too thin. So where I do lean more into the personality of having multiple good friendships in place of Amy, where you have just a few of the bestest of best friendships, I now realize that I haven't really been giving enough to like that inner circle. So my inner circle is probably more than the four or six that you have. It's probably 15 or 20, <laughs> which you can't do. Like I can't know every in and out of them. I, I used to send them birthday cards on their birthdays as well as their husbands, as well as all three of their children. Yeah, I did for a while, but there's no way that I have the capacity for that. No one should have the capacity for that right now. And seeing them in person literally would be impossible. Like there's not enough weekends in a year to see that many people. So everything from, I mean, just think about every point in your life. College friendships. I studied abroad in Ireland for a summer, made some really good friendships there. Definitely not going to Ireland very often right now. Um, I had a job in the middle of Iowa for three years. I lived in Dubuque for seven years. I still also have a lot of really, really, really good friends in my hometown of Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. So adding work friendships into it, I made deep friendships in all of these areas, as many of our listeners have. But keeping them close now is harder than ever. And I think because of my corporate career and just some of the basic personality traits. I know there's always outliers, but the basic personality traits for women in sales, a lot of my friends don't have kids. 
like a lot of my friends don't have children. They don't want children. They might get married. They might not. They can stay out as late as they want to. They don't have to worry about dragging the next day because they're hungover or because they stayed out till 2 a.m. They can also get together on a whim. Like I'll have a 4 p.m. phone call of, hey, let's all get together. Definitely can't happen in my life without scheduling a babysitter, making sure my husband's home, and so on. So for four years, we've made it work since I had Lucy. But it also comes with a lot of extra stress on my side. You're part of the conversation overwhelms me that that's okay that is okay different again different right the which is funny because the third takeaway from the talk is that research demonstrates that the average person can hold four really close friendships and that includes if you consider your spouse a best friend that um concept was one that Lydia's book dug into a little bit further, but we're going to save it for a different day. Essentially, it's a new concept that people would consider their spouse a best friend. But I find that to be true. The basis of Drew and I's relationship really did start as a friendship. And as far as interests go, we are just so similar and aligned on our interests that we would very much consider each other a very close friend. And then I would say there's three other women in my life that um, I feel very, very well connected to. I feel very supported by. Um, we really have that like true friendship. Now, this is really interesting for me also because I do consider myself a very friendly person. I have more friends than that, as we were talking about a, um, above. But those friendships, again, aren't as deep or encompassing. Drew actually laughs all the time because I call almost everyone a friend. <laughs> it's really funny hearing Drew have these conversations because he's like, wait, is this like your Instagram friend? Have I have I met this person in real life? Wait, have you met this person in real life, Amy? But when you're supporting each other, like there's a reason for the support, regardless of who the person is, there's a reason for that support. And when you say four, Amy, I'm like, yeah, my my list is a lot longer. <laughs> like my list is definitely a lot longer Which than it four. Is a good point that it the research is demonstrating the average person. So <laughs> some people are going to be outliers. Yeah. Maybe you're an outlier. I'm a little extra over yeah. here. Yeah. Yep. Um, but. People have higher capacities, so it might be that your friendship part of your personality has a higher capacity. Or it could also be that I'm still feeling overwhelmed. So knowing not to cut back on friendships, but just I like the idea of having that inner circle, the A squad, the B squad, knowing the ins and outs of just a couple of people, and then knowing most or some of the next group, and then knowing just the basics of a group after. I like that idea. In the interview on Mom Brain, Lydia also um, states this famous quote, you have friends for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I think when we were younger, or I guess I can only speak for myself, we were really striving to have it, to have these long-term, lifelong friendships. Like that seemed like the gold standard of friendship. Um, which is really great. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think sometimes it causes us to um, force it, like we're not letting our friend grow. And it was almost a, um, a dig if you're like, wow, you've really changed. Whereas now I'm like, 
who I am today versus 10 years ago is a completely different person. So just it's safe to say my friendship group has shifted along with my life and there is space for that. And that resonates with me. And I think that the fourth, so the fourth takeaway would be we might grow or change out of friendships. And that's not a bad thing. So if we stop labeling things as being quote unquote good or being bad, it really gives us more room to operate in alignment with who we're becoming. Like we're not the same person we were five, definitely not 10, definitely not 15 years ago when we were at college. Um, And during that time, we've also changed how we do friendships. And listen, like Amy and I, we're very loyal people. Like we're not saying this in a mean way at all. We're very, very gentle in what we're saying here. But I do think having some fluidity is important. You're not going to be like, Amber, I'm dropping you today. You didn't make the cut. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't make the B list or the A list cut this time, Amber. But it's also important to know when you're feeling overwhelmed and know when to make those cuts, especially if you're going out or hanging out with people out of obligation. So if you're feeling that in your core, in your gut, before you hang out with somebody that is just out of obligation instead of out of actually wanting to be part of that, that's probably a telltale sign. Also, when you're not really looking forward to the days leading up to it, kind of like a vacation, that anticipation can sometimes be the most exciting part about a girl's night or a girl's trip or even just a play date, like if that's what that's what you have in this season of life. I also find that if you try to throw one of these nights where you're just being one-on-one with friends or in a group of girls at the end of a really busy week, sometimes it's hard to give it your absolute best. So if you're like, hey, I need something to just kick back and relax on. I know this is a really busy week. It's not really fair to anybody else because you're wanting to go home. It's eight o'clock. You're not having fun. They're not getting the best of you. It can make it a lot more difficult. And I spoke about this a little bit in the start of the episode, but a few years ago, I went through a friendship ending. And um, because I have still the utmost respect and love for this woman, I would never share um, like the personal details. And I totally realized that the story is only half mine. But one time I was telling my parents about the situation and my dad said something that really stuck with me. He said, Amy, look at you. You have so much good going on in your life right now. You're happy. So is she. Like that is what really, really matters. So sometimes like a life circumstance um, might kind of get in the way of something that you thought was going to last a really long time. I just want to tell you guys like, I'm on the other side of that. It was a really hard thing to go through. It was very emotional and, um, you know, there was a lot of hurt feelings and it took a while to work through that to a point where I'm so happy that we had such a great friendship for a long time. And if I saw her, it's, it's not awkward at all. It's, you know, we're very friendly. Um, But just to say, if you guys go through a situation like that, I can tell you, you can make it to the other side and good feelings return. Amy, that sounds so difficult. And I know there are so many women listening who have been through something similar. Like They've gone through something just like you went through. So thank you so much for sharing that story. 
And it really goes back to there's a reason and a season for everything, for relationships especially. And they definitely served their purpose when they needed to. And this really goes into point number five. So for those of you who like keeping track of score, here's number five of six points. Knowing that there is a time and place for everything and knowing that in every case, it might not end completely. Like you might occasionally text, you might once a year get together or have that friendly run in. Maybe they're still on your Christmas card list. Amy and I rarely get out Christmas cards, but they could be on I've a Christmas never in card. I've sent a Christmas card, <laughs> to be clear. This year, this year. Nope, not happening. But this also goes for any type of relationship that might not be dual serving. So you know that friend who constantly needs your support way more than you need them. I mean, once in a while, obviously, every single season right. is going to be different. Like, people are going to need help. It might be weeks. It might be months. It, it could be years in some cases. But making sure that it is dual serving and that that person isn't always just asking for your help, your advice, your time, your energy, and you're not getting anything in return. That was a lot of the basis of the book is it really does have to be this, like, give and take. It should make you feel good about yourself. It shouldn't be like this friend is always mad at you. Like there are mm. situations you can get into that you can take a step back from and you can be like, you know what? This person is kind of always mad at me. Like they'd, they probably don't want to be my friend either. Like, so just to say, um, there is a level of assessment that I think Adults feel bad saying it so plainly and, and today we are, but friends should be a positive part of your life. It should be people that make you feel good. And so we thought we would shift gears for a second to talk about mom friends, because this can be a really fascinating dynamic. I went to a play date at a park. This was when Max was about 13 months old, I would say. And uh, my neighbor invited me. I was like, oh, I literally went inside, changed really quick and was like, yes, like I need some more mom friends. Like I'm totally going to go. I have a very outgoing personality. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I have a really easy time making small talk. Like when you first just meet someone, I was a nurse. So that's like 75% of your job is to be friendly and, um, and talk to families and patients and everything. So I know that that's a, a skill I have. And there was just this palpable coldness in the group. It was like this group had, I think known each other. And so I was like the new girl that was maybe too eager or something, but really they were barely even like, I would ask questions and, and try to spark conversation and they would barely respond. And I'm very not, I'm not a sensitive person in that respect. Like I could just tell it was this um weird dynamic. And I just thought, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to go back to this group because they're not welcoming. Um, it sounds almost clicky. Yeah. Like back in high school. <laughs> right. And like Drew and I had debriefed from it. And I was like, it's really interesting that now we are going to get into a phase of life where our children make friends. For you guys, had you... Um, hold on. We're going to have to navigate friendships in these new groups. 
And I'm at a point in my life where I'm not going to perform for people. So I'm not going to run in a clicky mom group that I need to uh, pledge allegiance to or something. <laughs> like I know who I am. And if I make a friend, I have to have space to be me. So when I am encountering situations or new people, um, I have those things in mind. And I know I have, you know, good friends that I don't need to, to be someone that I'm not to fit into a group at the age of 33. So how about for you and your dip into having mom friends? Well, and that's exactly it. It's space to be uniquely you. We live in a neighborhood that is chock full of people our age with kids the same age. But finding people that fit into the same type of interests as us, that has been really difficult. Um, Many of them are stay-at-home moms, which is amazing, but all of their time is during the day. So I have a really hard time because my work time is during the day and I want to be on with my kids at nighttime. But sometimes that's when their husbands come home and they want to spend more family time. So it's difficult as far as scheduling goes. I also sometimes have twinges of guilt. So there are times where I'll take like a lunch break and we'll go for a walk together. They'll have their kids in a stroller and I'll be walking by myself, obviously, because my kids are in daycare. And I do feel that like little sense of guilt come up being like, oh, my kids are in daycare right now. You're spending time with your kids. You're bonding. So that like just it leaves me seeing all the time. And a final note on this. Um, with our third, I didn't think I was going to get emotional with this part, but with our third being having special needs, like we do have a good group of friends right now. And I do sometimes wonder, like, will we still be accepted by the same group? Like, will right away, maybe. And then when the other kids start noticing that this third baby is a little bit unique and has his or her own challenges and maybe isn't able to ride a bike at the same time. Like, will we be cast out of these friendships that we've worked really hard to get and spent the 150 hours wrote the stats say to make? <laughs> like, I do worry about that once in a while. Um, I also worry, do I need to find more friendships that fit within the special needs community in order to have talking mentors and be able to connect on those types of items, but I don't want to leave my old friendships behind. And since we only have so much time, I just, I do constantly think about this part of what our life is going to look like. We will always have a friend. (laughs) Um, But I think that's a good point is that you're going to be entering um, a unique season and that I just feel like it'd be really supportive for you guys to make connections with people that have shared experiences to support you guys. Mm -hmm. Because as well-intended as the rest of us are going to be, we won't really like fully understand. So it's going to be like a lot of giving you guys space to tell us. Um, But I just feel like making some friends, of course, and I know you already have all the resources (laughs) in the community and stuff like that. Um, So I'm excited for you guys to see. I think that it's going to go better than um, you're maybe thinking. And Drew and I, we um, have met and made friends with two really awesome couples through our oldest son, Max, who is four years old. So he's this incredible <laughs> little matchmaker, matchmaker right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
in both instances, I had asked the parents if they wanted to come over for dinner and a play date. And I found that the parents really warmly accepted this invitation because like so many of us, the weekend consists of caring for our children and everyone needs to eat a meal. So I feel pretty intuitive when it comes to people, but we connected with these couples pretty quickly. And I remember when Ryan and Alina were leaving this last time we hung out with them and Drew and I both said, you know, if Max and Andy ever stop being friends, we're totally keeping his parents. (laughs) Like these are our people. Um, and, And then we had some reflection. I said, what is it about a couple that makes you feel that way? That makes us feel this way. And we concluded like, We really love being around other couples that are very kind and respectful toward each other and couples that share the load of parenting. I think those big shared values like really shine through and help us all like connect and feel comfortable. So if there was something tactical advice from the episode, I do think that our last message to you is that you might have to date around. Um, Not everyone is going to feel in alignment. It's great to have variety is a spice of life. So we're not saying have like you people that only think like you eat like you cook like you, you know, but just from research and from everything, it's like you click with certain people. um, And that is So when you are thinking about making friends with people, we get this question a lot. I think it's hard because Abby and I, one reason, one way we are similar is that we are both pretty outgoing. So it's not hard for us to start talking to a new friend, but I know that people do have that struggle. I would say if you're in a couplehood and one of you is more outgoing, maybe you're the one that, like, it's always me for Drew and I, like I, um, wrote a card to the first mom. That was my warm up. I was like, hey, uh, happy holidays. If you guys would ever want to come over for a play date, we would love to have you over. Um, Here's my phone number. And then with the second um, mom and dad, I just started talking to them at daycare and then verbally just said, like, we would love to have you guys over. Um, Would that be something that you would want to do? And we exchanged numbers right there. And they they were so excited about it. So just to say, I do think a lot of people are going to have to put themselves out there a little bit. And I know it can be kind of scary, but I think a lot of people that have little kids are really looking for some connection to people that are in the same season. So if those kiddos are already getting along, like you can check that off and you know that that's at least something shared between the two of you. Completely. And if any of this is bringing up some like nervousness, like I could never do what Amy does. Like I could never write a letter or just be so open. Like these are the conversations that if you need to talk with a licensed professional, like you definitely can. Like there's nothing that goes untouched. We do want to bring up that we have a partnership with BetterHelp and they can talk through things just like this. Like what does interfere with your happiness is not having adult friendships on this list because we know for many, many, many of you, It is because you keep bringing it up. You've wanted this episode. You've asked for this episode. And just know that you can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. So we do talk a lot about self-help on this podcast, but it's professional counseling. 
And it's great because it's online. So especially right now, you don't have to meet in person. You can meet even the very, very next day and you can set it up without having to be in an uncomfortable waiting room or having to run into somebody else that you might know. Such big growth that there are million users to date. So it is the largest agency to date in the entire world. So if you want to learn a little bit more, we will include it in our notes section. Otherwise, that is betterhelp.com backslash herself, and that will get you 10% off your first month. So again, betterhelp.com slash herself. And I think that's a really good point is that maybe you have to unpack a couple things to move forward and make friends. Maybe, like I said, I mean, I've had a falling out before and maybe that you're still sitting with that and trying to process it. And a lot of us try to just muscle through these things when the fact of the matter is sometimes talking it out with someone that might have some really good perspective or say things in a way that you haven't thought before could help you move forward into new friendships. And I know that therapy has just helped me in so many different chapters of life. But to end the episode, Amy, what are some things you're going to start working on right now as far as adult friendships go? First, let me say this. One thing that came to my mind um, as we're wrapping up the conversation is that I just really feel like it doesn't have to be forced Um, friendship doesn't have to be forced. Like there should be space for each individual to be themselves. Um, that's just like one thing I think women can struggle with, but at this age, I'm really looking for an opportunity to be able to be myself. I like that. I like that. Um, but things I'm working on. So number one is that I tend to blur lines, um, so my inner circle, Abby, Lisa, like we talk a lot. I own a business with Abby. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, um, and Lisa and I talk about business so much. And so sometimes I just think, okay, am I supporting them on a friendship level as well? Because it's so easy to talk about things that we're excited for, for herself. Um, but Abby's going through some big things right now. So it's like also being mindful, like, wait, did I, um, check in on her about that appointment that she was nervous about. Um, you know, with, I just think sometimes we have a tendency we're moving so fast. And so in my friendships to him, I'm really trying to become self-aware that I have to be, um, like you're only half of the friendship, right? So you really have to check in on their things and give them the space to share everything that they want to share. So that was the first thing that came to mind. And the second thing that came to mind, this always bites me in the butt, is that my lack of planning really interferes with my ability to make plans with friends. Drew and I were just talking about this because he is pitching his plan to golf 18 holes on Saturday. And I was like, babe, you always get to do stuff with your friends. Like, when is the last time I did something? He's like, I would love you to. Like, tell me when. (laughs) Tell me what. Um, 
I really struggle with planning. And when you have friendships and my close inner circle, they all do happen to have small kids. It's not something we can wing anymore. So I need to say, okay, on Friday, do you want to go, you know, have sushi here? Or even the bigger weekends, like I never, I've said this many times, but I never plan that like big weekend of time for myself or a friend and I. So that is something that I really need to work on. You guys can all hold me accountable to that. (laughs) I'm being serious. Like it's just, it's always been a struggle with me for, so for the past four years, as I've been a mom, that has been um, something I am not good at. Well, when you say Friday, like, oh, do you want to grab sushi on Friday? You can't say that Thursday night to your friends. Well, that's, what I do. <laughs> like, what? that's not going to work. Like, you're going to be going to dinner with maybe one single girl. Like, that's what's going to happen, which is great, but it's just not always the same as having a nice big group. The planning, I have that part down. Like, that's one part that I definitely have down. But what I could work on with that is not saying yes out of obligation. So not planning something five weeks down the road and blocking an entire weekend, knowing that it's not something I'm actually looking forward to. So really focusing in on that. And Amy, I loved what you said at the beginning with blending business and friendship. For starters, I feel totally supported (laughs) in this. So you're doing a great job there. But it really made me think that I need to start working on my A-list a lot more, like not treating every single person the same but really focusing more time, more energy on that inner circle, which I know that I'm not doing right now. And I know that it's something I definitely want to be doing. So this is just a good reminder, like think to your own selves, everyone who's listening, like what can you work on with your friendships? What are things that you are excelling at that you're super proud of yourself about? Like I think that we're so hard on ourselves as women, um, especially at the things that we think other people are doing really well with. And just what how social media plays it is that everyone has all these friendships. Everyone is always doing these fun Everyone's things. Everyone's crushing life. That's everyone is just <laughs> doing everything that you want to be doing. But in With reality, of abs. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, that six pack as I stare at my eight month <laughs> pregnant belly right now. But in reality, we're just all showing. There has some type of struggle when it comes to friendship. It just looks a little bit different. We covered a lot today, and I know that there's a lot more pieces that we can definitely pull into future episodes. So this is a topic, Amy mentioned this a couple times, but you have brought this up over and over and over. Pitching our little hearts out. <laughs> Lydia, you out there? I think you should come on. And we really wanted to make sure that we pulled in enough research, enough books, and really thought in our own experience before just diving into this topic. So let this be a reminder to get that girls' night scheduled. Maybe call your friend that you've been meaning to connect with or understand when a friendship isn't serving its purpose. And in the most beautiful way, it's okay to stop pushing it. Don't put friendship on the back burner until you have more time because I don't think more time is coming. It's got to be a priority. 